Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 122 of the PA Turnpod. As always, Robin Joel here. We are going to be talking today about week three in the NFL, some Phillies, a little bit of NBA news, and then um, our fantasy league. How are you tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. I did a little two-hour overtime. I thought I was going to miss the podcast, but I was a professional. I made it on time. Barely. An hour later, but I made it on time. Still counts. Still counts. Yes. How about you? I'm all right. Just all right? Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Come on now. You just ate tacos. I think that's a successful night. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Oh, Jesus. What's wrong? <laughs> it's the weather, really, honestly. Yeah, it's been nothing but gloomy the last couple of days. Went from, like, what, straight 80s and 90s to just straight up almost winter and gloomy yeah. days. It takes a lot out of you. It's like like 58 when I left the house this morning. <laughs> Telling me. I had a hoodie on. Are yeah. we in Seattle? I think we just transferred to Seattle. Just gloom and doom for the past weekend. Sadly, no. <laughs> Sadly, no. The, well, actually, no, it's a good thing. Seahawks suck, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> for the Mariners, we have a big series with the Texas Rangers. Are they still in it? Commencing. Yeah, they're, they're playing against, actually, they're playing Houston in a three-game set. And then they got four against Texas, I believe, to finish the season. So two series to, def- to really determine the a couple playoff spots. But they're in, so, it, in it, though, right? Yeah, they, I, they, I believe they're one game back of Houston. They had the same record going into last night. Okay. And then Houston kind of shellacked them a little bit. Mm. But Seattle, um, depending on how the final week goes, the AL West will be determined. So the AL West right now, Texas is two and a half up on Houston, four up on Seattle. And in the playoff race, uh, Houston has a third wild card, a game and a half up on Seattle. Uh, the New York Yankees are the next closest, but they have been eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> Um, there's a chance, however, that one of those teams could bump up to the second wild card. But we'll see. But like, that's a, that's the only good thing about being in Seattle right now. Right. I like how you casually knocked out the first bulletin right off the... Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're professionals here. Yes, we are. <laughs> and we'll stay out west in Portland. <laughs> um. I don't know. Are you into the rumors now? I think I'm over the Dame Lillard rumor mill. Don't but, care. But um, uh, but for the sake of this, uh, Trailblazers and Heat are quote-unquote close to a deal. Uh, do you buy any of this? Oh, wait. And now the recent one I saw on YouTube was Dame Lillard to, to Toronto. What do you mean yeah, that? Yeah, so I saw, I saw something earlier today that the Heat have seven valuable assets to offer to Portland in a trade, but they don't want to give up all of them. Um, so the the seven valuable assets include three tradable first round picks, and then Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, a rookie first round pick, Jaime Vasquez Jr., and Caleb Martin. Uh, Portland pretty much wants it all, but Miami's not willing to get rid of even like a lot of it. I also saw that I think I saw um, there was a Harden to the Bulls rumor or something like that. Send them, send them. I th- or something like that. I forget where. Did the Bulls or the Clippers? There was something that came up that suggested Zach Levine would be the return to Philly Ugh. in a uh, in a Harden move, but I don't think that's likely. I also don't want him here. Yeah, I would. I'm kind of over these trade rumors until something happens, and I don't think anything's gonna happen anytime soon. All right. It's just. I did see. Uh, I, I. It's probably gonna get put to bed. But people are suggesting a uh, a veteran quarterback to go to the Jets. Uh, one Kirk Cousins. Yes. If the if the Vikings continue spiraling, Kirk is a free agent at the end of the season. 
Uh, but the Jets seem pretty married to the idea of starting uh, Zach Wilson, and they just brought back Trevor Simeon for some reason. Um, I was at the game Trevor Simeon started on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago. Where he snapped his leg in the first quarter, so um, not a great track record there. Jesus. You should have a list of uh, events that have happened in your attendance, tendencies. So I've seen Ryan Howard snap his Achilles. Uh, Ever seen me snap his leg? Well, I don't mean doom and gloom. I'm talking about everything. Like the windmill, you saw that in person? Oh, fair. Yeah. Why now? The the positives maybe outweigh the negatives. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Then again, you were there for the the Hawks series. Yeah, my my dad did have tickets to the game where Steven Strasburg tore his UCL for the first time. Really? Um, yeah, the Phillies were playing the Nats. It was a Friday night, I think. And uh, Strasburg left the game and had to get Tommy John. But I don't think we went. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I watched that in the uh, the same room I used to play video games in. Jesus. But yeah, I think I'm on the same boat as you. The rumor mills, they're nice for like the first couple days. This has gone through the entire summer. Yeah, nothing's happened. There's not even any like smoke. I don't even consider that to be smoke. The, the the Miami real nothing has even suggested they're even relatively close to a deal. Right. I think the the more talked about rumor was the whole Joel Embiid will he stay will he go all that nonsense. Yeah. I was like, oh, now this is bad. But it's been put to rest for now. Um, yep. It, but until anything happens in any of these in these trades, uh, the rumors, as far as I'm concerned. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. <laughs> let me tell, right, let me tell you, we don't care. Jerry. Until James Harden gets moved. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. Thank you. Thank you. We're professionals here. Of course. I think that should be the name of the, the podcast. We're professionals here yes. with Kevin James. <laughs> Kevin James. That's, I don't know. There's got to be an all-time. we got to list. we got to rank uh, these memes on that tier tower that we did once, once Not upon a true. time. The thing with Kevin James though is it's starting to branch out. It's not just that one picture now. Really? There, there's more. There's more pictures that are being used on Twitter now. So like by the end of the month, we might have like four or five <laughs> different ones. I don't. I think this one's all time though. Yeah, the Windhorst one's good. <laughs> I went viral for that one for a little bit. Um, also, a little teaser here. There was not one, but there was two Scorigamis in week three of the NFL. Uh, we'll tell you that later in the episode. Yeah. You are a big fan of the Scorigamis. I think. Do you call, do you know it the moment it happens, or do you just say, "Let me go and check if this is a Scorigami." I have notifications on for the Scorigami Twitter ah. account, so they tweet <laughs> out um, at the end of each quarter, and then uh, as we're approaching like the the end of the game, sometimes if yeah. there's a chance, if there's like an obscure score, like if it's um, I don't know if it's like. 48-19 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's six and a half minutes left. It'll say like, Broncos-Jets, 48-19. Um, chance of scoregami, 59.4%. <laughs> and it'll say most likely scoregami, 48-19, whatever it is. And um, it'll, and then when the, when the game ends, it'll tell you. And then they tweet it, and then I send you guys the tweet. It's almost like the no-hitter alert. Yeah. <laughs> Which is more exciting, getting the no-hitter alert on ESPN or the Scorigami updates? 
Gorgamis are happening relatively frequently now, especially with the analytics that are creeping into the game. Yeah. Where teams are going for it for getting two points more often. And especially with the the extra point being moved back a little bit, teams are more likely to go for two here and there. So I think that's also causing it. A no-hitter alert sometimes can be depressing when you have a fantasy team involved. (laughs) You just hope it it has nothing to do with your team. That's all. Yeah. One of my guys threw a no-hitter this year, which was really nice. Framber Valdez. Ooh. On the uh, the Astros, he must cash out pretty good that day. Yeah, like forty something points. Jesus. And uh, last bit of news here: um, the injury report here, as we do. The Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams, after making an appearance in the end zone this past week, is out for the season, torn ACL. You hate Heard to see it, it. First, you hate to see it. Also, um, Brooks Robinson passed away uh, today. The Hall of Famer from the Orioles. Oh, Hall of Jesus. Fame third baseman, one of the best fielders of all time. So you're saying so, that the Phillies will clinch tonight? Castellanos homer. <sighs> but it's scoreless through three at the moment. Well, did the news just break? Uh, no, this broke a few hours ago. Uh, just give him time to warm up. It's still muggy out yeah, there in Philadelphia. I don't, think he, I don't think he's aware yet. <laughs> His wife hates those things, though. She hates those tweets. Do you think Liam is telling him, hey, Dad. <laughs> that would yeah, be Charlie, crazy. Charlie Manuel's in the hospital. Oh, I got you, son. <laughs> does little, little gestures. Flips the uh, hair, and then he does the handshake. Right, the handshake. All right. While we're on the Phillies, they swept the Mets. I mean, it doesn't mean anything <laughs> nowadays, but once upon a time, sweeping the Mets. You know, the biggest pay, one of the biggest payrolls in baseball, if not the highest payroll in baseball. Sweeping them in four games would be tremendous, but yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then by doing so, and with the combination of the Arizona just floundering away, mm-hmm. yeah, the they Met- lost the, to the Yankees a few nights ago, I believe. Yeah, I think they were. I think my coworker said they were winning, leading that game, and then an utter collapse for the Yankees but, to win. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. So, with all that being said, the magic number went down to one. And they could be possibly clinching the number one wild card spot Tuesday night at home, game one versus the Pirates, with drum roll, please, or that little snare, I think. Um, <laughs> Aaron Nola. <laughs> Aaron Nola. Oh, wait, that is right. It is Nola tonight. Might give it away, though. Might. I hold us out for one more yeah. game, but it, uh, it is uh, it's Aaron Nola tonight against uh, Mitch Keller, I think. Yeah, Mitch Keller, yes. the best pitcher on the um, Pirates. On the Pirates, yep. Yikes! So yeah, they they defeat the they beat uh, the Mets in four uh, because of the Arizona loss on Sunday. Magic number down to one. If all three of the wild card teams lose, uh, meaning the Mets, I'm sorry, not the Mets. Uh, the Cubs, Diamondbacks, and I think the Reds, if they all lose tonight and the Phillies lose, the Phillies still clinch the first wild card. The Phillies win, they just clinch it straight out. Um, so a win clinches in both the playoff spot and the first wild card. Uh, Bryce Harper hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball well. 20 home runs all of a sudden with 70 RBIs. Right. The Phillies have two guys in 100 RBIs with uh, Schwarber and Castellanos. Boom, not too far behind. And they're close to having six guys at 20 homers uh, between Great. Schwarber uh, Castellanos, Turner, Harper, and Real Muto. Boom is at 19 until further notice. 
So the offense is playing pretty well. Turner all of a sudden is just crushing the ball, which is nuts. If he gets, well, I guess he, it's probably not. If he gets red hot, he can get to 30 by the end of the year. But Right. Another August crazy. moment. It's amazing how he just, like, turned his whole season around. Well, it was all thanks to the Philly captain and the citizens of Philadelphia who brought us the attention on radio. Yeah. Pretty cool how it worked out, though. We should do that for Nola. I said that for Covey when I was there for the Giants series. Should we stand up for Covey? Who's blowing that game in the ninth? Mercifully, well, taken other, out. Works for the other Covey. Um, Britton Covey leads the league in uh, punt return yards since week 13 of last year. That's our boy, right? Yep. Yeah. I think. He's, he's a good Covey. He's the good one. He's the good one. Also in this series, we found out Lorenzen in the bullpen. Yes. It's much better than starting in... Just giving up home runs left and right. Yeah. I think he's best as a max effort guy. Come in for an inning or two, throw everything you have, and then go leave the game. When you start, you have to pace yourself. And yeah. he's never thrown as many innings as he has this year. And being traded midseason also takes a toll on you, thrown right into a pennant race from being on an awful team, not even close to the playoffs. Right. So it does take a toll on you. And pitching in a smaller ballpark against better competition, I think it's also going to be one of those things. He was just slowing down as the season went on, and I think this is a good way to use him down the stretch, especially if he's not going to start a game in the playoffs. Right. I mean, I think I said it last episode. He could be this season's um, Noah Syndergaard in a way. In the bullpen, but if you need him, throw him out there, see what he can give you. Yeah, or even this year's uh, Zach Eflin. Remember, he got moved to the bullpen late in the season when he came off injury, and all of a sudden he was your closer for like a week or two. Right. So... I mean, Lorenzen has a little bit of closing experience, and he closed the game out on Sunday. But we did. Yeah, I think he could be a high leverage guy, or just like a bulk guy. Say, if you start a Sanchez or a Walker in a playoff series, and they only get you twelve outs, you might need a guy to come in and eat some innings. So, and as it stands right now, we were talking about it before. We, I, I don't trust too many arms on this team. <laughs> right. Wheeler's the only starter. Sanchez is a a definite maybe, and then you got Hoffman, Alvarado, and like. Kimbrel? Maybe maybe Kimbrel, maybe Dominguez. Uh, Dominguez, he fell off for me. I think I trust Kirkering more than I trust Dominguez right now. Right, my man just started. <laughs> yeah. Great outing, though, for him. Fantastic. I mean, it was nice to see his parent, his family there. His dad was, yeah, that was know, cool. balling out, but sensational. The movement on his pitch is crazy. Yeah. 100 miles an hour with an 89 slider, that'll play. Right, right. And he seems pretty fearless, so we'll see what happens there. And it was both lefties and righties, right? If I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, he punched out, I think, uh, a pinch hitter for final, sure. Final out might have been Alvarez, I forget. No, yeah, some Spanish bowl. He was 0 for 3 in pinch hitting with all gays. Strike him yeah. out, 0 for 4. Yeah, so it was a good outing from him. We'll see if he throws a little bit down the stretch. I would like to see him get into at least two more games before the season He's ends. He's probably in tonight, hopefully. Hopefully, well, maybe even three because he got seven games left, right? He got three against the Pirates and then four against the Mets, or is it three against the Mets? Three against the Mets. So you got six games left. If he can get into three of those games, it'll give you a little bit of a, an idea of what you're working with heading into the playoffs. You would think he's definitely playoff bound, or it's I would too hope soon. So. I would hope he is. He reminds me a little bit of Michael Stutes. If anybody remembers him, he came up in 2010 and he had really good minor league numbers. Came up to the majors and had phenomenal numbers up here. Um, and then was, in, I think, on the playoff roster. Problem is, Stutes kind of 
disappeared after that, but he was also up longer during the season. Kirkering right. might only have three MLB appearances. He is playoff eligible, but he might only have like three appearances before the playoffs even begin. Dang. Hopefully if he's something. left off the roster in favor of Cubby, I, we have to riot. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. I'd I'd be mortified. Dude just showed you what he can bring. Fearless. He can throw it up to a hundred miles per hour. And it wasn't like it was a blowout. No, it was still relatively no, it was three a runs. Five two game. He got a hold, and then Lorenzo got a real save too. Oh, and that was the game Sanchez struck out ten, all with changeups. So the young guys look pretty good. Yeah, fascinating stat though. Nice to see. Right, right, right. All right. With this series with the Pirates, besides obviously hopefully clinching tonight in some capacity, what are you looking for out of this series? Are you looking for consistency, lineup changes, call-ups, pitching, like NOLA? What are you looking for? Uh, <clears throat> NOLA and uh, Ranger Suarez, for sure. I want us to make sure none of the bats go cold as we enter the playoffs. That's a huge, huge thing. I I, I don't imagine they will. And I don't think that Thompson's just going to rest his guys you know, too much down the stretch. If they clinch tonight, that's a great... Great development because then they can rest a couple guys tomorrow, get them all back in for the the um, Thursday game. Maybe rest in the first game of the Mets series, get it back in for the Saturday game, and then Sunday game you can kind of do a little bit of half and half. But I don't want to see any of the guys go into a slump. I don't want to see too much rest down the stretch. It helps that you're coming back home for the wild card series. Right. So they're giving a little bit, a little bit extra juice. I don't think they're going to be as flat as they were in St. Louis last year. They only scored. Remember, they only scored what two runs in the second game and only one run in the first. No runs in the first um, eight innings of the first game. So they went eight straight innings after being shut out in the final couple of games in uh, in Houston too, or shut down in the final two games in Houston. So they, they really went into the playoffs cold, and they were carried by Neil, uh, Wheeler and Nola. But I just don't want to see them have to do that again this year. And they were on the road forever. Yeah, they were on the road for like three weeks. Right. Into the playoffs their, as well. Yeah, their final home game was like like a week before the season ended, I'm pretty sure. I think they went to, it was either Atlanta or Washington, and then they had to play against the, the three in um, Houston, for sure. The three in Houston, and then they had the two games in St. Louis, and then they had the first two games in Atlanta. It was like three weeks before they came back to Philly. Yeah. I think they they ended the regular season in Houston because if you don't if you don't recall it was the strike I believe. Yeah, that was supposed that, to be the opening series. Yeah, I'm sure. I think it ended up working out because we obviously get to see them heading into the playoffs, so we had something on them. Yeah, and obviously the World Series happened, but uh, yeah, it's funny how life works. Um, interesting. You're looking for that. I'm curious to see what they do with JT Ramilto. He's finally getting some sort of life in him, but then you kind of want to rest him in time for the playoffs, but then you're risking yeah. that cold bat again. I could see them DHing him a few times, getting stubbed some time, um, getting Harper off his feet here and there, Schwarber get a couple days off. It's casting. Uh, I, I, I could see them going you know, in the final, let's say they clinch tonight, the final six to five games will be, you know, Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Real Muto and maybe Boehm each get a DH day where each of them is still in the lineup but they're DHing. So. Right. 
you could also see Rojas Marsh Cave or uh, the other bull who just came back from injury. Fuck. Pache. Pache. They could be all in the outfield at one point. We just got breaking news. Uh-oh. Breaking uh, news here on the PA Turnpond. Adam, away, Wainwright's, Adam Wainwright's legendary Cardinals career is over after manager Oliver Marmol announces the pitcher's 200th win will be his final one. So I guess uh, <laughs> Wainwright is retiring now, too. Retiring? I think he's done completely before the season's over. He's like, I'm done. Yeah, well, I got not making the playoffs. What a fall from grace. Yeah. They should, he should have just gone out with Molina and uh, and Pujols. Although right. 200 wins was pretty important to him, I think. Yeah. So it makes, and he was pitching pretty well last year, so it makes sense that he came back. A wild card was team. also not terrible. Well, Pujols also finished strong, so I guess he just used up all his, uh, his PED uh, supply. <laughs> the audacity, sir. The audacity. Yeah, they were getting him juice balls. Right. I think yeah, Molina, wild card series. Molina okay. also had like a job lined up as a manager, I think, in Puerto Rico or something like that, right? He managed the Team Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, I'm pretty sure. I think that's what it was. And I think he'll probably transition to being a manager pretty well. A yeah. catcher has to be a really good communicator and I think a good leader too, so it makes sense. David Ross. Yeah. Is Veritech one? He is actually, I think the... Uh, He's either a bullpen catcher or a bullpen instructor for the Red Sox. I actually saw him at a uh, a game I was at. I saw he was in the bullpen before the game started. I was really? like, that's interesting. And he's like either bullpen instructor or bullpen catcher. He's some sort of bullpen something for the Red Sox. But a lot of managers make or a lot of catchers make decent managers. I mean, um, the guy that is with uh, yeah, I praise him and I forget his name. Uh, the guy that was with the uh, the Astros for a while, he's the he's the Tigers manager now. He used to be a Philly. Uh, I don't know why I can't remember his name, but Kevin Cash was a, was a catcher. Uh, Joe Girardi was a catcher. Obviously, uh, what's it called Mike Redmond was a catcher. The hell was that guy's name? He got kicked out of um, he got kicked out of the league for like two years. I have no uh, idea. I gotta look. Mike Lieberthal. Him too. <laughs> Oh, he was? Oh, Jesus. No, well, he wasn't a cat. Um, what's it called? Carlos Ruiz. It's going to bother me. When I... AJ Hinch. Ah, oh, yes, 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 yeah, yes. AJ Hinch was a catcher, too. So, I mean, catchers make decent managers. Yeah. All right. Smooth transition, if possible. We three overview of the NFL. Yes. What a wild week. Yeah. I don't know. To me, there was a lot of mid-games. And then your highlight games were highlight games. Yeah. Holy shit. So absent from this list, but we have to talk about it, is the Giants getting beat up on Thursday night last week. Oh, yes. Uh, 49ers kind of just running it down their throats. Uh, Daniel Jones once again looking abysmal. Missing Barkley. (laughs) Missing two offensive linemen. I know he was kind of running for his life, but he looked genuinely confused trying to look at the 49ers defense. No, he actually did. If you caught, Do you see that gift that keeps going around? Yeah. Oh my god. He's like, what the? What are they doing? It's almost similar to when LeBron was giving uh, Austin Reeves like some instruction. And Austin was <laughs> just like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah 49ers. I can think it's a consensus. Best team in football? I think they are. I mean, if Miami gives them a run for their money, but I think if you put those two teams up against each other, 
the gap on defense between Niners and Dolphins is bigger than the gap on offense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think the Dolphins have a better offense. They're at about a nine, whereas the Niners are about a seven. But the Niners' defense being a nine and, like, the Dolphins' defense being, like, a five or a six is kind of the, uh, a little bit of the gap there. I think the Niners are the most complete team in the NFL. And uh, I thought Dallas was pretty good, too, heading into this week. But they've obviously fallen off. Kansas City, who knows? Eagles still haven't seen their best. And Dolphins, this is going to be a true test this upcoming week when they play Buffalo in Buffalo. So that'll be interesting as well. Very interesting. Very interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know where you go from here for the Giants. You paid all that money for Daniel Jones. Yeah. One week he showed you greatness. Well, week one, lost puppy. Week two, comeback win. This week, like you said, looking lost out there. I guess you can chalk it up to them having to stay on the West Coast for the for the week. Also having a short week, only three days off, and then preparing for the arguably the best team in the league. They have a, a turnaround this week. I forget who they have this week, but it can get it can get late early in the NFL for a lot of teams, and I think the Giants are one of those teams that is in danger of that hap- in danger of that happening. Um, they have they got that's the wrong week. Week four, the Giants. Oh, this that's right. They're Monday night against the Seahawks. So oof. It, at least they're at home. Right. All right. Uh, the Browns beat the Texans. Beat the Titans twenty-seven three. Uh, no Nick Chubb, no problem. Jerome Ford was terrific. Deshaun Watson played probably his best game as a Brown. Really? Uh, yeah, he had two eighty-nine, I believe, passing. So that might have been—he hasn't broken three hundred yet, I don't think, with the Browns. So that's uh, one of his better games. I don't think he's thrown and more than one touchdown pass in a game. It's more—it's almost—you wonder if it's sooner rather than later that uh, the Titans make a change at quarterback. Here we go, baby. Let's go. My bold predictions, one down, four to go. Um, Yeah, I would know because uh, we'll talk about it later, but in my fantasy league here, I was going to pick up Jerome Ford, but my opponent picked him up and burned me with him. So, of course. Oh, so here's a stat for you. Oh. In 39 drives this season, yes, the Browns' defense has allowed one touchdown. No shot. Yep. One touchdown. Let me guess. Because they only they remember they they pretty much blanked the Bengals, and then Pittsburgh, they gave up a touchdown to Pittsburgh. I think that was the long catch by would have been what Pickens, I think. No. Can't be yeah, because because there was no touchdown on defense. This no touchdown for the Titans' offense this week, and I don't think the Bengals scored week one either. No. So it had to be a Pittsburgh touchdown last week. Jesus. I think it was. I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a long Pickens touchdown. Cleveland, baby. Oh, yeah, and that was the defensive breakdown. Yeah, Pickens went right through the middle of his own. There was somebody there. Cleveland defense, Jim Schwartz. Doing what he does best. Yeah, I told you, that defense is legit. Especially at home. They're just a different team at home. Miles Garrett, they have – he looks as back as he can possibly be. He's on a contract here, though, right? I believe so, yeah. So we'll see where he ends up next season. Hopefully not the Niners. But Miles Garrett, they didn't want to pay him before the season – Kind of like the Chase Young situation. Chase Young looks really good for Washington, too. Yeah. Healthy, See, too. Next up, the Lions defend their den, beating the Falcons 20-6. to uh, I didn't see any of this game. Yeah, I was busy trying to fix my car than just being... I was in Philly over the weekend, yeah, though. Were. More so than normal. Yeah, Red Zone didn't show anything from this game. <laughs> Except I think they showed the one thing that I remember. Jared Goff scored a read-option touchdown. 
His and first. I tried to do a, tried to do a Lambo leap and he couldn't get up the wall. So. Oh. <laughs> I saw the, uh, that was the highlight for me. <laughs> I saw that um, that was his first touchdown as a, as a lion. Yeah, his first rushing. He had a couple with the Rams, but I don't think he's had one as a lion yet. So game ball for him. Yeah. So this next one though. I feel good about this. Very good. Uh, Jordan Love might be the real deal. He mounts a comeback at home in the home opener against uh, the Saints with Derek Carr, unfortunately, injured. It looks like he's going to be down for several weeks. I think it's a shoulder injury. Yeah, I believe so. At AC joint, I think they said. I think it might be the same thing he injured in uh, in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Damn, you hate to see it. Yeah. Well, the Saints were up 17 nothing heading into the fourth quarter. And here comes Jordan Love, not only winning in his home opener, but gets a comeback win yeah. in Favre slash Rogers esque, willing that team from the depths of hell, eighteen to seventeen, yeah. and of course, yours truly goes with the pick of minus one and a half, and his team barely gets there. I've seen. Uh, speaking <sighs> of Rogers, Rogers apparently texted Jordan Love after week two. Saying uh, congrats on the ownership because he beat the Bears. So <laughs> That's pretty continuing, cool. <laughs> continuing the trend, yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, Jordan Love, is, I think he's legit. Uh, the Saints also look much worse with Jameis. Than they did. Carr does, he doesn't even look that good with the Saints. But Jameis looked out of sorts. He didn't look like he belonged out there. And that's crazy because Jameson's been there for several years now. And you would think Carr is just trying to get acclimated to a new scene, new receivers, new coordinator, all this other stuff that's going yeah. on. It's like the whole, you know, when Cassianos came over and Trey Turner came over, it takes a while for the first year to really get your footing. But This is true. No excuse. He is a veteran quarterback. And you thought the Saints were bad with Carr. As you said, James Winston like, doesn't belong in the league right now. Yeah, he looked pretty bad. It's rough. All right. Uh, we have the first score got me of the week. As the Dolphins set the relatively modern scoring record with 70 points, just three three away from breaking the record, set in 1966 of 72. They win 70-20 over the Denver Broncos, who couldn't pick a uh, better head coach to get that butt kicking. Sean Payton, uh, Raheem Mostert, 45 fantasy points, and Devon 18-51. Big day for the two running backs. Tyreek Hill had a big day. Cho- uh, Robbie Chosen caught a touchdown from Mike White. They did this all without Jalen Waddle, which is crazy. Oh, Jet fans, look away. Um, yeah, tough, tough scene. Very tough scene. Um, yeah, I think I, I believe I just got to your house around four something. <laughs> look at the score, the ticker. Yeah. I'm like, is that seven <laughs> zero? I, I just couldn't believe what I saw. And I think after the game, they interviewed uh, Robbie Chosen on his thoughts. Like, oh, how'd you feel if you went for three? He like, shoot, I'll try to go for 100. The century yeah, mark mean, here. <laughs> yeah, McDaniel said they weren't trying to embarrass anybody. There's no difference in getting embarrassed 73 versus getting 70. Uh, oh, please, Chargers, McDaniels. Yeah. McDaniels, please. You know, you're in the same division as Bill Belichick, who's just going to run up the score back in the heyday. Yeah. Well, he did it to Sean Payton, who did it to... Doug Peterson way back. Exactly. When he was, when they went for it on fourth and two, up 40 points on the Eagles, and they threw a bomb to Kamara. Um, and last thing, if you yes. don't want to embarrass, that picture circling around, him in the stands is fucking hilarious. 
It was not actually him. I hope it. Yeah. Uh, imagine if it was him. Yeah, the the one fan that kind of looked like him. <laughs> Who do you need to score? All right, you uh, the Chargers. The <laughs> Chargers going to Minnesota, escape barely with a victory over the Vikings, and it's, it's yeah, in spite of their head coach almost trying to give the game back to the Vikings. Uh, twenty-eight, twenty-four. Oh, jeez. Well, that officiating crew is three for three on the under this season, <laughs> as they missed by one and a half points. Jesus. What do you make of this? Uh, this game, uh, I didn't see most of the one o'clock games. Actually, I didn't see any of the one o'clock games, but the yeah. highlights. I don't understand go for it. going for it on fourth and two in your own what inside your own thirty with like two, I think they're on less like twenty five. I understand if you have a money play you want to go to. Like if you have the tush push, or if you have like a, a ferocious offensive line, you're just like all right, we're gonna run it down their throats. Or if something's been working all day long, right? I guess Keenan and Allen have been working all day long, but they went for I believe some sort of a run. And got stuffed. Stuffed. Not even close stuffed. Shows stuffed. a lot of faith in your defense, though, I guess. I mean, if it wasn't for a tip ball th- to Hawkinson, I believe it was going to get yeah. the second second or first touchdown. We'd be talking about different. We'd be probably talking about overtime. Let me see. What's the score yeah. again? 28-24. Oh, we wouldn't be talking about overtime. They, they had to go for the over. touchdown. Yeah. So, Patriots beat the Jets 15-10. The Oof. Jets did not take a single snap inside their own red zone on defense. Let me oh. repeat that. There was not a team in the red zone until the fourth quarter when the Jets got the tur- I think they got the turnover from the um from the Patriots. And they eventually cashed in with the um Oh no, they no, what happened was there was a long pass interference to Randall Cobb. Cobb got bailed out, pushed out of bounds, and the Jets got the first snap in opponents red zone the entire game. Jets defense was good. Zach Wilson was not. Fourth and ten game on the line. He checks it down to the tight end at the line of scrimmage. And the fans booed heavily. To the point where somebody's tooth was coming out the bottom teeth. That was incredible. I love that Jim Nance goes, what was that? He's so smooth. Uh, The Bills beat the Commanders 37-3. Josh Harris, his first loss. I wonder if Josh Harris will be in the building Sunday when the uh, Commanders come to Philly. In the Commander did, Suite? Oh, dude. Did, did you see that the uh, the Commanders are being sued by a Native American association? Yes. That wants them to change the name back? Yes. What um, a world we're living in. Let's Dan, do it. Somewhere Dan Snyder is just like, what the fuck is going on around here? <laughs> I To be fair, the Redskins logo was pretty sick. Yeah. And those helmets were awesome. Not gonna lie, yeah, they were. If they get a little bit of like a maybe like a facelift, like a modernization of that all, then I'm in. Or WFT. Texans beat, just yeah, go back Texans to beat the. Oh, I'm sorry. Just go back Texans to WFT. Beat up on the Jags. <laughs> yes, they did. 30, 37 17 over the Jags. Tamiko Ryan's first win as a head coach. Um, CJ Stroud, big week. Jacksonville touchdown plus favorite at home as they head to London next week. Uh, bad showing for them. Oh man! I mean, I was, we were going to tease a new segment, but we were running short. We we're running late yep. to start. But I have a new segment called Hot Seat, and this isn't just for coaches, but this is for players of just to validate or you know just test the waters of their seats. Trevor Lawrence, when is the time do we really look assess him and say when are we going to see what we saw in Clemson? We see glimpse. Can you put it all together? Nothing perfect. Then yeah, last year you were a little year early, but this year you look lost. The, out thing, here. the thing with him is you're bordering on dangerous territory now 
where he's going to be due a contract soon. And uh, unlike Burrow and Herbert and Hertz and um, and even Goff and Mahomes and all these other guys that have gotten paid, yeah, you haven't seen it yet with him, and you don't want to pay all that money for potential the way you did with Carson Wentz because that's when you get yourself stuck in a situation you can't get out of. Right. Seemingly, anyway. I don't know how Howie Roseman got out of it. Um, breaking news on the podcast. Second one. Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola has moved into uh, second all-time in Philly's pitchers with in 200-plus strikeout seasons. Uh, with his 200 strikeout tonight, he breaks a tie with Glo- Grover Cleveland Alexander and Jim Bunning, um, two guys who I think are both Hall of Famers, for his fifth season of 200-plus strikeouts as a Philly, second only to Steve Carlton's seven. Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels both had three. Zach Wheeler, Roy Halladay, Kurt Schilling, and Chris Short all had two. So that's pretty cool. Shout out to Nola. Yeah, shout out to Nola. Shout out to uh, Nola. The Cubs are currently beating the Braves. Diamondbacks are currently losing to the White Sox, and the Reds are losing to the Guardians. The Marlins game is delayed because of rain. Weather. But that's where we stand. I want to see the Phillies get in on their own, like their own valor. I don't want to see them back in. Yeah. They have to sit cheap. in the clubhouse and wait for the di- the final out of a Diamondbacks <laughs> game or something. How crazy is that? You sit in the dugout after a loss so you can <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> it's like, eh. Yeah. It kind of feels weird. Yeah. Over under, uh, how many Phillies do you see shirtless? Just dancing cool. around. I got at least four. I wonder who the surprise uh, party animal is going to be this year. Because I think Bohm was kind of the one last year. Lorenzen? Lorenzen's a good pick. I like that. I um, think there's, Rojas has an inside. Uh, Rojas. Is, is, Roja, is he old enough to drink alcohol? Right, right. <laughs> he don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Colts beat the Ravens in overtime, 22-19. Moving up uh, right on cue, Christian Walker. It's a home run for the Diamondbacks. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Colts beat the Ravens 22-19. They moved up 10 spots in the PFF power rankings this week after their win. Um, <laughs> Gardner Mishaw with a uh, a nice little Dan Orlovsky moment running out of the back of the end zone on a drop back. So the Raven, that AFC North all of a sudden doesn't look, so, doesn't look so dangerous. Yeah, I think that was my take. I think it was a stronger division than the AFC East. and It looks like yeah, wide open, all, both divisions. They all look terrible right now. Yeah. Good for the Colts, though. Shane Steichen's got something going there. And they, maybe they get Jonathan Taylor back. Who knows? And this is without R- Richardson as well. Minshew yeah. started this whole game. Minshew does this every year. He comes in, has like a couple good starts, and you go, maybe we can do something with this guy. And then like he kind of tails off toward the end. Uh, in the late window, nothing really to talk about. The Seahawks smacked the Panthers 37-27. Panthers hung in with Andy Dalton. Brandon Marsh, solo home run. Philly's now leading in the sixth. Um, oh, the Chiefs destroy the Bears 41-10. We're not going to talk about the other thing that went on that game. <laughs> but genuinely do not care. And then the upset of the week, the Cardinals and their quarterback, Caillou, uh, Josh Dobbs, defeating the Cowboys 28-16 in what feels like should have been a score, Gummy. Uh, just barely hitting the over. Barely. Big win. Big win. Can tra- I don't think they ever trailed. No, they didn't. I think they were up 13 nothing. Like just got punched in the face immediately. Yeah, Thirteen nothing. I don't know, man. This Cardinals team is openly tanking. Dallas goes in there two nothing, looking like world beaters on both sides of the ball, and then just gets shellacked. Yeah, smacked around. And then Sunday night football, the uh, Steelers and Raiders. Don't tell me this was a bad beat too. Oh Christ! Steelers beat the Raiders 
23-18 in Vegas, despite the fact that there were a lot of Steelers fans there. Yeah. Um, Josh McDaniels down eight in the fourth quarter, kicked a field goal instead of going for the touchdown. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. I did not see this game one whatsoever, but when I read that. I saw that, a lot of it, and then I tuned out around the third quarter, and I caught the end of it, actually. Did you catch the, the field goal then? Yeah, I was befuddled. It was what was it fourth and it was like fourth and five, wasn't it? It was it was a manageable fourth. I did, I don't know. That is crazy. Yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. He went for two field goals in the fourth quarter. <sighs> um, I heard that he defended his actions though. Don't know exactly what he said, but he defended he, he, he's it. He's a he's a clown. It was fourth and four on the Pittsburgh eight yard line. Oh my god! And they kicked the field goal. A chip shot. No. Yeah, he's bad. He's an idiot. He, he thinks he's Belichick. He's really not. Uh, Monday Night Football, Eagles beat the Bucks 25-11. This was score got me number two on the week. Um, Jalen Hurts, two interceptions. One of them was a bad play. The other one was a really good play by a safety. Um, Jalen uh, Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 130 more yards rushing. Um, at one point, I think he had like 42 rushing yards and 37 came before contact. Um, Jesus. A.J. Brown. The loudest or the squeakiest wheel usually gets the oil. Yeah. 131 yards. Olamide Zacchaeus first touchdown is an eagle on a ball that I thought was to AJ Brown when I first saw it, and I thought I was going to catch that ticket, but I didn't. The Eagles ran 78 plays to the Buccaneers, 44. Time of possession was 30, almost 39 minutes to just over 21 minutes. Uh, the Eagles got the ball back with nine minutes in the fourth quarter. Did not relinquish the ball. I don't think I've ever seen that. Really. Yes, they just went right down the field. I think it was like, was it like nine, nine plays, nineteen plays, something like that. Went right down the field and then wound up kneeling inside the ten. Um, Dude, I went right to bed after the Hertz uh, tush push touchdown. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, the the Bucks, I believe, got um, touchdown and a three pointer. I'm sorry, touchdown and a two pointer. Whoa, what to say? And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, they kicked it back off. And the Eagles didn't get it, didn't give it back. Um, so. Jalen Carter is second in the NFL among pressures against double teams among defensive tackles. Let's go. Second only to, I'm going to probably assume, Aaron Donald. And get this. You want to guess the top three highest graded defensive players this season, according to PFF? Jalen Carter, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. You're very close. Damn. Um, uh, Nick Bosa. Ugh. 93.9. Miles Garrett is second at 93.8. Jalen Carter, 93.2 is third. Sensational. What a pickup. He's been fantastic and saying all the right things. He looks like he's rejuvenated Fletcher Cox, too. Yeah. Fletcher Cox looks like a totally different player this year. Right. He looks fantastic. And Brandon Graham looks great. Sweat has been great. Uh, Reddick is getting pressures, just not sacks. The defensive line has been unbelievable. Yeah. The linebackers, I thought, played really well last night, too. And Nolan Smith, did, there, he got a good pop on somebody. Yes, yeah, he did. He got a pressure. Um, and there was a really nice play by the uh, the safety, Sidney Brown, on that long ball to Evans in the end zone. My Lord, he just barely got his hand on it. Josh I think he Job, was on the ground. <laughs> he reached yeah. over. <laughs> Josh Dobe only allowed like a 53 um, QBR when, when uh, targeted yesterday. So he was really good. They moved Bradbury inside to the slot as the nickel. Yeah. And Josh Dobe outside the Alabama guy. And I think the defense is better off that way. So, I'm in. I like the way uh, Sean Desai, I thought, called his best defensive game this season. And that was definitely the best offensive game I've seen uh, Brian Johnson call this season. So, a little bit of optimism, although the score doesn't really 
this isn't you know the NCAA where you can win by 40 points every week and be happy. You got to be satisfied with what you get, but a little bit more encouraging this week than the previous couple. 1,000%. I mean, starting Swift, smart move. I don't know what they kept going back to Gainwell. Don't yeah, get I like, it. I, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm totally fine with that. Well, for ticket reasons, but yeah, um, another 300 yards at least in two games. I want to say. Yeah. They outgained the Niners somewhere. I'm sorry, the Niners, the uh, the Bucks somewhere <laughs> like four something to almost barely a hundred. So it was a at given. one point. It was I think it was like four hundred two to one hundred one. Jesus. I was gonna say it's a given though. AJ Brown was gonna get the ball frequent and often. Yeah. The first two plays were right to AJ Brown. Yeah. The very first play to De- Devontae Smith. I don't know if you caught it. It was like a little screen dump pass mm-hmm. to Hertz's right. Dude caught it basically with maybe a foot away from the out-of-bounds, gains two yards, and gets popped right out-of-bounds. I'm like, Oof. and he yeah. gets up, like, all right, whatever. You can tell right there it's going to be a long day for Devontae Smith. It fans. was interesting because Smith was still involved, and so was Goddard. But even they, they even got Stoll involved, the backup tight end. Yeah. And Zacchaeus, who, without Watkins, Zacchaeus moves up to your three. Uh, so they got everybody involved. Cool. Uh, Bengals beat the Rams on the other channel last night. Uh, 1916, safe to say nobody really missed anything if you didn't see this game. Uh, Joe Burrow less than 100%, no touchdowns, but he did have an interception. Matt Stafford had a touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Jamar Chase, 141 yards. He was really heavily relied on. Puka Nakua, 72 yards. Only two touchdowns in this one. Uh, Joe Mixon and Tutu Atwell, I believe, were the only two touchdowns last night. Uh, A lot of nothing. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know either. It's a game where neither team really looked like they were 100%. Yeah. Well, Barrel clearly not at 100%. That offensive no. line is trash. I think if he lo- if they would have lost last night, they would have probably put him. He maybe would have sat a week or two. Do you think we've seen the best of the Bengals? I don't think so. I think there's still something left there. Uh, 2 nothing fills. Uh, there's still something left there. Yeah. But I don't know if we're going to see it this season. Because Tyler Boyd has just been... Non-existent. Higgins, I think, only had one or two catches last night, too. They, I mean, it makes sense. When you target one guy and get 100-plus yards, it's unlikely you're going to get too much out of anybody else. I mean, you said it best. The squeaky wheel gets the, the whatever it is. A.J. Brown bitched. I don't even know if I said it correctly. <laughs> I think he did. I, I clearly butchered it. Butchered it. Jalen Brown. I mean, A.J. Brown. Jesus. Jalen Brown did get the <laughs> max deal, didn't he? Yeah, right. Still waiting for his sixth ring. Um, H.G. <laughs> H- Brown bitched and won on the sidelines. Got 131 yards, no touchdown. Chase bitched. Kevin on the Pirates? No shot. Uh, it says B. Reynolds, K. Hayes, Jack, and Jay Sawinski. Hmm. And then Jamar Congrats. Chase, he bitched because he wants the offense to go through him in a way, especially yeah. the long ball. He got it, 141 yards, yet no touchdown for him either. Yeah, tough to have an explosive play, though, when you're uh, when you're not able to throw the ball down the field. Uh, let's quickly go through the TTP right. here. Uh, you were 10-6 and six this week in game picks, moving up to 26-22 and 22 on the year. Let's go. I was 9-7. and seven. I'm up to 29-19. and 19. Uh, Point totals, you had 14 points this week. You had the, the 10 correct picks and then two TTPs. You're up to 42. I had 17 because I was at nine correct picks and then the four TTPs, uh, staying alive in the Survivor as well. Right. You're two for three on your locks. I'm three for three. You're two for three on dogs. I'm winless there. 
points. We're both two for three. Total, we're both uh, only one so far this year. And then primetime picks, you're beating me 6-4 to 5-5. Five, five. Survivor, um, I'm still alive here. Saints, Giants, and Chiefs, the Packers didn't do you any good in week two. The fucking Falcons, I swear to you. Arthur Smith, you bum. They are this year's Titans. All right, we're going to go into a quick <laughs> fantasy football. All right. Um, so I I lost this week to the only undefeated team in the league, uh, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Kelsey. Great jobs on the opposite team. Fuck. Daniel Jones, nothing going on for me. Bijan Robinson, terrible. Dick of the kicker, only three points. <laughs> and then you were defeated as well. Uh, this game was – both of our matchups were over. Uh, yeah. I showed you so, a screenshot. It was done within, what, the first quarter of the Monday night yeah. game. Yeah, Ford and Olave did him well, and then you got nothing from Brian Robinson, Derek Henry, Calvin Ridley, and Robert Woods. This upcoming week, I'm in the five spot. I take on the number three team, and then we have the eight versus seven teams yes. this week as you face the team right above you. Battling in the dumpster. I don't think I'll be in the playoffs. We would be remiss if we didn't mention also <laughs> Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes getting humbled on Saturday by the Oregon Ducks. 42 to 6. At one point, I said to my friends, I need Oregon to score 71 points today because I have the over and it doesn't look like Colorado's <laughs> going to score anything. So, uh, sadly, Jesus. that didn't happen, but it's nice to see them get a taste of their own medicine. You've been waiting. I do, like Co- I do like Coach Prime and I do hope they do well. But uh, his kid yeah. talked a lot before the game. I don't know if you saw the clips that Oregon released today. No. Uh, I'll, I'll send them to you off air. But the Colorado guys were talking a lot of smack before the game. And uh, Dan Lanning, the uh, the Oregon coach, really fired up his guys. And they went out there and they just kicked some ass. Do you think that's just part of the game of hyping themselves up more than getting the other team riled up? It's the first time I've ever seen a player, at least while mic'd, threaten to kick the other coach's ass. Oh, never mind. He goes, I'm going to bust you all that. And he said it to the coach. This was Shiloh. And then Shiloh got stiff-armed uh. into the abyss in the, uh, the second quarter. Travis Hunter apparently said that he plans to play next week. We'll see what happens there. I think they play Ooh. USC next week. Um, if you, not, I thought, that, I thought they had a week off and then USC, but I think they do have USC this week. Do you think this loss, this, this was an expected loss, I would assume, right? Uh, yeah, they were 21-point dogs, so... It makes sense. With with that being said, I'm sure they dropped heavily, heavily down in the standings. Because I guess Coach Prime in Colorado rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. So any loss just kind of just hurts their chances at a playoff push, even though we're like three weeks into the season. Yeah. They would have to win the conference, I think, by the end of the year. I don't even know if they can. I'm having a hard time. There's so many games that I can't even find. I don't think they play this week. Also, I don't even know what conference any team is in anymore. I think they play again. Oh, uh, USC, Colorado, 12 p.m. USC's 21.5-point favorites. Colorado's not ranked anymore. Yeah, see? That's exactly what I was going to say. They were up there. I think they were 18 at one point, and then this yeah, one loss 18 or 19. killed them all. Oregon, Oregon's only 11, though. I don't think they moved up or down. Because it was a, an, except, an expected yeah. beating. It was just a hype team yeah. at this point. Oregon does look pretty good, though. This is one of the better teams I've seen from them in a while. It's not fair, I think though. they have a program record in points through four games. Christ, really? Yeah. So, it's, I think they have a, a pretty... tough, though, to beat Oregon at home, though. Tough sledding, because I think they still got to go through USC. 
there's still some good teams out there in the Pac-12. I'm I'm not sold on Oregon State not being good. I think they're still pretty good, and it's going to be a tough tough little stretch, but we'll see. I'm still waiting on Oregon State to like show me something here. I don't know. Could be this week. I, I do like the the quarterback though. He was the transfer, right? The one that you were talking about. Yeah, DJ. Yep, came from Clemson. Let's see. Let's see. And they always run the ball well, so. We'll see. But, I mean, it's a beating for Coach Prime. Took the loss in in good stride. But yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see these these clips and these audios of the trash talking off Yeah, air. I'll send them to you right when we get off. But that's just crazy. If, if that's what he said, he's going to kick the coach's ass. And, yeah, yeah, you deserve a beat down. Yeah, plus they walked all over the logo. Nonetheless, oh, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you Thursday, probably Friday by release, with our week four picks. It's crazy. We're almost already a quarter of the way in. Right. Week four picks the click. We'll hopefully be talking about a Phillies playoff series. Maybe we'll know the opponent by then. Not 100% sure. Maybe we'll wrap up the MLB season as well. A big weekend coming up in sports. Uh, a lot of good matchups. We got our first London matchup of London. the season. And then we'll. Uh, is it a London match? Or is it just like another home game for the Jags? They basically live yeah. out there. It's I think it's the Jags and the Falcons. Uh, oh, London gosh. teams are the home team and or no, the favorite in London has won twenty six times. So twenty six ten and one, I believe, is the uh, the number. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jags have a better home record there than the actual home. How about I just look up the damn stat? I think no, they're seventeen and ten against the spread, is what it was. Seventeen against the spread. 26 and one as a uh uh straight up that's where we stand we'll do the game picks thursday when we get back to you hopefully we'll be able to recap the phillies celebration hopefully nobody gets hurt in the celebration um uh, the guy that punched the locker a couple years ago who was that uh devin williams oh jesus and uh hopefully no edwin diaz is here right (laughs) right any final words uh, no, I'm just trying to wait for the waiver wire to pass through to see if I can pick up anybody. If yeah, not, do that. I might just do a fire sale and just trade some assets, trade some pieces to get some assets back. Because yeah, Jordan Love looking promising over Josh Allen. I thought I'd never say that, but here we are, week four of the NFL. Yeah, I got to do the waiver wire tonight before I forget. Oof. It's best to do it now, right? Put Probably, your picks in. yeah. All yeah, right. I gotta do it now. All right, but ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode one twenty dos two. I'm be a turnpike. I have a lot of papers here. A lot of papers here. We'll catch you next time. NFL picks, a little bit of MLB season review. Hopefully, we're talking about a Phillies first round matchup. Until then. <laughs>